Hello everyone and welcome back to the Two Baggies One Light Bulb Podcast. Cool down XL, Sheffield United at home. It was a lovely 4-0 win. Some good football being played by us, you know, the way we play it. Some might say it's not very attractive, but I don't care. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's high intensity, it's high press. Love getting behind the team. Of course, joined by Dom. We're going to break down the game, break down the goals, uh, and look forward to a couple of fixtures in the future, obviously near the end. But let's, of course... Draw focus to the uh, the game against Sheffield United. Like I said, 4-0 at home under the floodlights. Great crowd, great atmosphere, and a mm. great win. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I mean, obviously we weren't there. We were watching at home like uh, armchair fans, making the most of my Sky Sports uh, subscription. Midweek though, man. Work. Midweek, work. My excuse was I wanted to stay at home and enjoy the amenities of home and also <laughs> enjoy the Albion. You know what I mean? Lock yourself away in a room like one of those... Uh, football hipsters and be like I'm watching the game I'm watching it I'm looking at the tactics I'm doing this I'm doing that I want to be that guy have for op- one night have one op- night only opta on the sc- have opta, opta two screens two- opta on one the game on oh, the other dual screen opta, opta on one game on the other drinking air well which probably should be 1-4-0 but their expected goals is actually there so it's actually a bad performance that's it exactly checking, checking my crypto drinking a brew dog punk IPA the whole thing all night that was it a brew dog be- punk IPA out of a keg yeah, that was it. I wanted to be a dickhead for one night and one night only. <laughs> a football dickhead. But yeah, it was great. Mate, how many times have we come on here and had to talk about last season 4 0 losses? So it's great to finally be able to come on and talk oh, about 4 0 win. It's great to pump them. Yeah, pump exactly. Pump 4 0. I'm yawning, man. Sorry. Pump 4 0. Get the W. Mm. Yeah, exactly how we want to be winning games this year. Yeah. With the way we're playing. Um, and even then, it felt like there was room for improvement. And like one of yeah. the commentators said, oh my God, let's talk about the commentary for a sec. Commentary was. Doggers again, wasn't it? Don Goodman, yeah, he's awful. He's awful, and some of you, some of you defend him out there. I don't know why. Some of you defend him out there. Yeah. On about how he was a great pro, played for the team, former player. Who cares? I don't care. Who cares, dude? Former pro or former? Who cares? You know, the it's guy... awful. First yeah. sixteen minutes, Albion have started well. Does he say that? No, I think Sheffield have started well here. I'm thinking what? Yeah. Like all they've done is defend. Yeah, the commentary, again, I don't like saying it because, you know, people people are like, oh, well, you're biased, you're Albion fan, whatever. But whenever I watch Albion fixtures in the Championship, there's, I think there's a thing with the commentary is that the fixtures in the Championship is that they want to go with the underdog. And because we're such a massive club, and even in this game, because Sheffield United have played, well, do you know what I mean, with a, with a club that everyone expects to get promoted. Yeah. Uh, Sheffield United have had a shit start. So everyone expects us to win. So they kind of side with the team that's the underdog. But in the Premier League, it's the complete opposite. It's They'll always go with Man United, Man City, Chelsea, whoever's the favourite because they know that's the way their bread's buttered. Most of the fans are going to be Chelsea fans, Man City fans, Man United fans. But it's completely the opposite in the Championship. So there's more neutrals watching the Championship game. Yeah, I think, yeah I think there's more neutrals, more like Premier League fans that that's are watching it point, and, and seeing it and going, oh, well, let's root for the underdog because that's the British way or whatever it is, you know what yeah. I mean? It's bullcrap, man. Honestly, you know, I want to just go on there and have some fairly unbiased commentary talking about the Albion and this uh, being a great performance and everything. But no, it's like, oh, I think Sheffield is so well. Oh, Sheffield have been really bad. <laughs> How about Albion have just been too good? Albion, I mean, Albion were good. I, well, they could be both. Albion were good and Sheffield United were poor, and that's basically Agreed. it. And like you said, there could be room for improvement. Um, you know, we'll touch on that, I'm sure, as we keep on talking, but let's keep it fairly chronological for my own sake. Yeah, so um, first goal? First goal, yeah. Um, part and parcel, the same as the Luton game. Um, pretty pretty much a mirror image, wasn't it? I mean, you know, you had the, the throw come in. Um, head, Clark was involved. I, he doesn't get his, a touch, I don't think. It hits their defender, Robinson. 
and then flicks back into the back of the net, beating their goalkeeper. It's a great, from the, it's a great header from them. It's a great header from them, and uh, beats the goalkeeper that's just come in because um, their goalkeeper Ramsdale looks like he's going to Arsenal. What Wait, a joke of a club! Absolute oh my God. joke club, Arsenal, mate. 20, was it twenty-three or twenty-five million quid from Aaron Ramsdale, the relegator? Jesus Christ! And they've been more that much money. So funny. Uh, we've got we've got Arsenal in the cup next week. Mm. Um, might try and get tickets for that. Obviously, with it being a, a midweek game, could be tough uh, getting there. But Jesus, I can see us beating them. I want to see him get pumped by Chelsea. I want to see us beat them. Mm. Uh, Arteta out just because Arteta's like right. I, just, I just don't see what he does. Well, Ramsdale going there means that he's, that they could potentially get relegated. It'll be his third relegation in a row. If Arsenal get relegated just from the fact that they've got the relegating uh, talisman in Aaron Ramsdale mate that team's bad it's really bad it's really really no, I saw bad this, I saw this picture it was like oh um here's Arsenal before and after 100 million spent in this window mm. and it's the same team <laughs> Ben White uh, with Ben White <laughs> yeah oh jeez Ben White we got Matt Clark and people were saying it online they were like they were right they were like Matt Clark's better than Ben White and I think they were making the they're drawing the distinction because we were looking at signing Ben White back in the day, weren't we? And we were like, we're not going to sign him for whatever pittance. Ben White's a great player, though. It's just I don't 50 think fifty million pounds. He's not worth. Good. He's not worth fifty million, and he's not great in a two yet. Mm. So he needs that experience in that two, and it'll come. It's just like he's going to get exploited because Arsenal are going to play him week in week. You don't drop fifty million pounds after signing him. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be very tough. Um, so I think it's going to be a tough season for Arsenal but this isn't an Arsenal podcast this is a West Bromwich Albion yeah, podcast um, uh, <laughs> yeah we don't want to be like Arsenal so we go TV. into the break did we go into the break 1-0 yeah it was 1-0 I mean let's touch on just after that as well because it's a big part of the game the, we McGoldrick, to, miss. the, Mag- the McGoldrick miss because I think it's important as well because Valerian touched on it and Valerian's such a good um, person to spot he's a good manager because he's very honest and after the games, he'll do a very honest analysis. And he was like, yeah, if that goal goes in, it changes the complexion of the game. It is a different game. And it is, and he's absolutely right. And it's thankfully, you know, Sheffield United just do not have the confidence in front of goal. They just don't at all. Um, it's been a huge amount of time. They've not scored a goal this season. I haven't scored a goal. I haven't won a game. Yeah. I saw, um, well, they said on commentary, you know, um, they've spent £50 million on strikers. Mm. And starting up top for them was uh, Billy Sharp and Devin Goldrick combined cost mm. them £500,000. Yeah. Um, so that just tells you the worst they're having in front of goal. They definitely should be giving Brewster a go. Brewster was great for Swansea in the Championship. Mm. Um, and now he's just getting no looking. Um, he's not scored a goal for Sheffield United either. I 28 games, no goals. Or 35 games, no goals. It's crazy. Um, it'll, I think it'll come. He's too good of a player for it not to come. But we'll have to see what happens there. Um, so we go to the second half. Uh, nil nil uh, one one nil sorry one nil, yeah. uh, come out the second half um, we mentioned it on the call down you said it Dom Sheffield were better at the start of that second half mm. starting to find a couple of passes susses a little bit mm. but the press was just too much um, and the quality at times from the Albion was just too much and we got to the second goal yeah exactly I mean like I said on the call down it was a case of you could tell that Sheffield United didn't really have a game plan in order to contain us they did it, they either did and didn't execute it well or that they were it was like a wish-washy plan it was one of the two it was probably a bit of both um, you could tell they were trying to do what Luton did and that's what Luton you know managed to almost get an equaliser against us they played the ball out from the back which is what you're supposed to do against a high press the problem is in this league is that the teams don't have the quality defenders in order to do that. So we were always putting know, them on the honest to do it. I think the, the we'd rattled them in a way that they couldn't do that because Sheffield have got good defenders. We've got, you know, looking at Bulldog Basham, mm. 
you know, these are players that play in the uh, in the uh, Premier League. Yeah. Because consecutive seasons, they were good Premier League players considered. Yeah. And they're still there. So I think the press was just relentless and just shut them to the fact they couldn't do that. And they resorted to just knocking the ball long. It well, just didn't the, work. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. Because that plays into your hands. When you're, playing, when you're playing the high press and you're playing the way that we are with that level of intensity and, and pushing within their within their half as for as long as we do. We're winning when the you, ball. We're winning the ball every time from our defensive We're winning the ball. Line. And if the ball falls to one of them, they're immediately being pressed. Yeah. So if we don't if we don't gather the ball after the header, mm. we're winning the second ball. That's it. And then Alex Mo, that's a revelation. He's so good. Well, he's ingrained into that whole style he's, of play one minute you'll see him recovering the ball and the next in one of his goals just to skip ahead yeah. he's passing it forward and making a wonderful run mm. beautifully weighted pass and he's slotting it home but yeah and then going into the second half you could tell they changed it up they were talking at half time and they were still playing the similar thing but then there was Billy Sharp trying to get in behind they were trying to play the long balls over um, which is what you've got to try and do you've got to play that what do you call it the um the numbers game and you've just got to keep knocking the ball over until something happens they did that for about five minutes they basically did that not less than five minutes basically till the the Dara O'Shea goal went in um, which was poor defending from them again suffering from their set piece our set pieces and dead balls they just could not deal with the furlong long throws our corners our free kicks Moat's um, deliveries are very good yeah Moat's deliveries are incredible furlong, furlong throws are a revelation but Moat's you know especially when we're looking at Pereira last season and the championship prayer is a better player than Alex Mo. We're not saying that he isn't, uh, but his set pieces were something to be desired sometimes. Yeah, um, and Alex Mo are just on the money. Uh, and a shout out to to both fullbacks. Furlong was great. Townsend was really good as well. Very I think good as again, well. um, just some of the crosses capable to be put in. Yeah, are just very very good. Mm. Uh, very very happy with what what those guys are doing. Um, and we mentioned it on the call down. Just had Dara Shays becoming. A fixed, you know, piece of the furniture in this squad. Yeah, um, and he's proving it because he's he's good with the ball, and he's very good defensively, and he's good for a goal. Well, he's good for a goal as well. And obviously, it was an easy goal for us to score. It was poor defending from them. They didn't deal with the ball. Verips came in. Um, Ooh, last sorry, just well. to talk about Dorochet. That last ditch tackle he made on Billy Shaw mm. in the box. Yeah, was sublime. Yeah. Perfectly way. His body. He's, he's got his body in the way where he needs to be. Yeah. He's timed that tackle perfectly. Mm. And he's avoided a penalty. He's avoided a goal. Yeah. Both, if it's a penalty, it's arguably a goal. If he doesn't make that challenge, he's arguably through on goal and shooting. Absolutely. And if he doesn't do that, it's a different game. Well, huge. I mean, those were we've touched on one. There were the two probably biggest opportunities for Sheffield United to score was the McGoldrick opportunity in the first half and that one that Dara O'Shea made as well, the tackle that... It would have been a goal. It was, it was, in last, goal. It was last ditch. They'd gone through and Dara O'Shea's recovered and made that beautiful tackle. Mm. You know, he's not overcommitted. He's not undercommitted. He's got it perfectly right. And I'm very happy to have him there. And a young defender to make a challenge like that. Because yeah, some young defenders... 23. Exactly. Some young defenders would be like vigorous. They'd be pulling on the shirt or they're going for the side slide tackle. He wasn't. He was assured, resolute. He was like, I know what I'm going to do. He anticipated the way that the player was going to move and try and yeah. manoeuvre himself and position himself for the shot. Really, really good the, defender. The way, the way we can gauge his performance is that you can only really think of one time Sam Johnson had to make a save. Mm. Um, and that was like an Ollie McBurney shot just left of centre yeah, uh, and he's made a good reaction I'm thinking can he hold that but he's, he's so far across his goal he's, he's come so sharp yeah he's diving and made the save um, and that's how you know it's a good performance because our defence has been so good and our performance has been so assured we've only had to uh, ask Sam Johnson to make one save let's talk about um, Moat as well because he gets the third goal and this is when we sort of especially me when I'm watching at home I'm going I can rest now 
Yeah. Um, this is fine. And it was a bit more it was a bit more than that compared to the Luton game because obviously we were three and up against Luton and then we ended up it was squeaky bum time the last sixteen minutes of added time as well. Um but here it was a bit more like, okay, it's three nil, Sheffield United don't really look like they're gonna score, I can kind of enjoy it. And you could tell that we did as well, because after the third goal went in by Moat we were just let loose, we were unleashed, you know, on them and we eventually got the fourth goal, but um I think Moat scores and he deserved a goal because he was integral to how we got the ball back, played the ball off, the ball gets played back into him, past the defensive line, and then he just slots it past the keeper. Good positioning, good movement, good mentality. Great finish. <laughs> Great finish as well all around. He, he is a delight to watch. Yeah. He really is a delight to watch on both ends of the of, of the game. Um recovers the ball really well, mm. passes it well. He's got a good finish, great set pieces, lovely left foot. He plays one pass out wide mm. with like the outside of his left foot. Yeah. Out to Furlong. Oh, that's a brilliant pass. Mm. And then Furlong's deliveries tend to be very good. And they were again yesterday. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, Furlong was unlucky not to get a goal. I don't know how he put the ball over where he did. Mm. Yeah. Because it should, it should have just been slightly down. But, you know, he's a fullback. You can't expect that. And he did pretty much everything else in that game apart from score. Uh, and then obviously we come to the fourth goal with uh, with Robinson, the guy that's on form, the guy that's on fire at the moment. Um, I can really see him being one of the top goal scorers this season, especially with the way we play in this system. Um, he's gonna. I think all of our attackers are going to benefit from the way that we play in terms of the amount of goals that they're going to get on the uh, on the score sheet. Uh, but Robinson especially, I think he's probably the most clinical finisher we've got at the club. Um, so it's great to see him play as well. But all the attackers look great. Uh, and of course, they're all going to look great in the system because it benefits the attacker. It's just sometimes parts, and we touched on it with Carl Bartley, you did as well. Um, there's there's just parts in the game, you know, certain, like I could pick up maybe 10 minutes out of the 90 where Carl Bartley, if we're just going to do a character profile on him, um, looked a little sheepish, looked a little weak. Um, I don't know why, um, because he was a stout defender last season and he still is and let's just you know it's not having a go at Carl Bartley 80-90% of the time he's very very good and you take that normally that's pretty consistent for a defender if 80-90% of the time they're very very good you, you take that problem is that 10% of the time it's something that's so ridiculously stupid sometimes that he does that yeah, it leads to a chance is, uh... like both of pretty much two of the biggest chances of that game came from Carl Bartley's Errors. ineffectiveness and oh Errors. I agree um, great I think Matt, uh, speaking of set of halves with what talk about one who's made a couple of mistakes I think Matt Clark's been very assured very good very good player um, good no nonsense defender but he's also got a bit about him yeah you know he, in this press he, he will go forward he, he carried the ball yesterday at one point uh, you know he'll pass it out uh, and I'm very happy we've got him alongside and obviously we spoke about Dara Shane how much we speak highly of him um, Alex Moat very good Jake Livermore Good player. Mm. Um, Still moulding to the system because you could tell that it's such a stamina-based system and Jake hasn't had to have that level of stamina for two or three yeah. years. But he's still he's doing everything he can. He's having, he's having little cameos in the game where, he, where he's doing his bit. Yeah. But he just isn't as involved as, someone, as, involved as Alex Moat is. Mm. Um, because he's so ingrained in the system. His fitness levels perfectly match it. Yeah. Um, so he, he's hitting the ground running. Mm. Uh, and he's all over the pitch. Um, Dean Garner... Again, still feeling his feet. I mean, you can agreed. still see the brilliance that he has, but then it'll, he'll do yeah. things like um, he'll try and beat a player, he'll beat one, then he tries to beat the second. This is, this the, is the problem I find with Dean Garner and Grant. Mm. Sometimes they stop the ball. Yeah. As in, like, we're making good progress and then it just stops. 
Well, there was an opportunity with Grant and he could have passed the ball out, I think, and he chose to try and go in on himself. I mean, he's a striker. He's going to, and you know, an attacking-minded player is going to try that. He could have passed it and he didn't. And I'm shouting at the screen and I'm thinking... But then he's a striker that scored in the last game, hadn't scored for a while, bit of a drought. He got an assist today. He got an assist. And, and that was... The, sorry, yesterday. And he got... That assist and that, again, he was in a similar position. He could have gone in on goal himself and he chose to pass. And it was for the Robinson yeah. chance, wasn't it? And allowed Robinson to score. So you like to see that. It's just getting a good balance with those kind of players and the yeah. mentality of knowing when you've got to pass when someone's almost 100% likely to score and then going on yourself. Yeah. And I think he's kind of getting I mean, to that now. We, in the week, came out, Valerian Ishmael's looking at, oh, Ishmael Valerian, sorry, we should really get onto this. Um Talking about going through the list of uh, um, targets for transfers. Mm. So, uh, clearly, we're still looking at other pieces. Um, any other manager, any well, he is happy with the squad because you look at our team, mm. we've got, I'd argue, the best fullbacks in the division. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Definitely the best goalkeeper in the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best midfielders in the division. Yeah. Uh, three of the best forwards in the division. Yeah. Uh, especially Keller Robinson right now. Um well, I'll just and go for that and say I, we've probably got the best team on paper in the division. I would say that. I mean, who else is coming close? Maybe Sheffield's team comes close, but they're not playing Fulham, like it. Fulham, I would say Fulham have a stronger team um, than Sheffield United do. do you think? Yeah, uh, yeah. I would say so on paper. But I would, I would argue, and this is against my own biases, I would say that we overall probably have the strongest team. First, field the first system. 11. We have the best, best system. system. Um, well, even on paper for me, so, I think. And, the first and we've got start the players that are matching the system. and. You know, we see, you know, Ishmael Valerian took this took a Barnsley side that finished like seventeenth, and took him into the playoffs. Yeah, and you, we're giving him better players, mm. and he's getting better results. Yeah, which is clear. Cor- there's a clear correlation. Love seeing him on the sideline. Love seeing his, hearing his interviews, um, and even now we're still looking to improve the side. It's just difficult because I think the two moves we're looking to make are. And he said he wants a team that can play this style for ninety minutes. Mm. You know, we we're don't not really, there yet. We don't really expect subs when you're playing a system like this unless they're needed or you take, or you shift in the tone mm. let's say you are 2-0 up 2-1 up and you want to reserve the win um, so I think the two moves we'll be looking to make are uh, I think we're looking for rotational pieces yeah. team players like another Adam Reach players like that uh, but also a midfielder to give competition mm. to Moa and Livermore and possibly replace Livermore mm. uh, and also a striker mm. and now it, the question is who do you replace up front you don't you can't drop Robinson right now because he's on fire and then you also think Carlin Grant goal and assist coming into his own doesn't need game time Dean Garner can change a game mm. doesn't need game time so it, so it's tough mm. we, we are really sport for trust front. and we've got Snodgrass coming back yeah that, that, well that's huge people forget that I mean he played in the under 23s so did well d- as well d- just, d- does Snodgrass start playing out wide again or do we bring him more central because I think to begin uh. with Snodgrass will be playing as I see my pause at the window sorry I see <laughs> I see Snodgrass and Starting life off uh, as an Albion player properly, yeah, um, as more of a rotational piece, and that's astounding because Snodgrass at this level yeah. is phenomenal. Well, they proved it with Hull. He's proved it with Villa. He could still be a good Premier League player. I think it's I think it's for two reasons. One is because I think the front the front three is our strongest, especially for the system, and also with Snodgrass, he's got to still train to a stamina level that that the manager's happy with. So that will come with time. That he'll feed him in slowly. But you don't know with individual performances if, say, you know, one of the front three starts dipping in form or whatever, he can't come in and do a job. Snodgrass coming in is like a new signing, especially in those positions. And I agree, we need the midfielder. 
maybe a striker. I would argue that we need more rotation for our full-backs with sort of Furlong and Townsend just in case anything happens, an extra man I, there I think, as well. I just think it would be interesting. Obviously, Daryl Dykes worked with Vishma Valerian before. Mm. He played for Barnsley and his goal record was very good, like 9 in 13 starts or something stupid. Um, so he's clearly an out-and-out goal scorer that plays well with the press. So it would be interesting. To see, if we've scored four, mm. you'd argue without an out-and-out goal scorer because Carlin Grant's out wide. Dean Garner's out wide. Robinson's through the middle. Who's got a goal in him? But I wouldn't pay Callum Robinson as a 20-goal-a-season striker. Well, I don't know. I mean, On the form he's on, you could argue, yeah, but it's whether he carries it. I think with Daryl so, Dyke, 9-13 is nine, a good record. Don't get me wrong. And it's a Barnsley team, right, as well, which you've got to take into context. I think that's good. For me, Callum Rob. The question's this, is that the, if you're going to bring in a striker, is it a replacement striker... Or so you're happy with your front three and it's a rotation piece, or are you looking for someone that's better than Callum Robinson in this well, division? That, that's what for I mean. me, it's difficult. That's what I mean. I don't it, think it's, it's, there's it's... anyone that you can bring in unless you're going to pump up a decent amount of money, which I don't think we need to. I think Daryl Dyke. I'd argue Daryl Dyke's a better striker than Callum Robinson, uh, but Callum Robinson's more versatile. So I wouldn't drop Callum Robinson for Daryl Dyke. Mm. I'd move Daryl Dyke out to the left. I would, I would I'd, say I'd, if move, looking... I'd move Callum Robinson out to the left and I'd play Daryl Dyke through the middle. Okay. Well, well, that's the question answered. But for me, I think... Um, for me, I would say that Callum Robinson has got at least nine goals in him in the Championship. So, for me, he's on par with Daryl Dyke's season before record. Yeah, but Daryl Dyke, Dyke's nine goals in 13 starts in one half of a season. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So, so you'd extrapolate so, but, that to 18 goals. I would say that by Christmas, Callum so Robinson would if, we, if, we, if, if we've started, If we've played Callum Robinson out on the left mm. all season after bringing in Daryl Dyke and he's got nine goals and so many assists, great season from the left-hand mm. side. If we planned him up front and he gets nine goals and so many assists, I think we need, we, we'd all be saying if we had a better striker, mm. we'd be scoring more goals. So it's interesting to see we've got four goals without a, an out-and-out striker. Mm. Goal like two goals coming from set pieces. Mm. Um, it'd be interesting to see what we can actually do with a, with a, a direct striker. Whether these, yeah. you know, Daryl Dogs obviously got a, a, a for goal. You know, when we're transitioning the ball, catching them off with the, with the press. You know, a couple of passes went awry. That what one thing needs to be addressed. That these what, the passes need to be better weighted. Mm. But when they are perfectly weighted, we've got a striker running onto them like Daryl Dyke. At this level, he's proven to put them away. I think where so we I'm meet, interested to see how that goes if we do bring him in. I think where we meet in the middle on this is that I think Daryl Dyke, whoever's better, whoever we think personally is better, Callum Robinson, Daryl Dyke, it's close. It's very, it's a very close position. I'd argue they both play, and they both could play. So having a guy like that come in on loan, there's no risk. Um, come in on the it would be, benefit the team massively and it wouldn't cost a lot of money so overall it's good business and it's good for the team no, I said this I said I said if, if the Al Halal money for Pereira is coming in instalments we said it was what 8.5 didn't we 17 million if it's in two instalments it's 8.5 mm. we're looking at three on a Daryl Dyke loan fee mm. and then that leaves 5.5 for a midfielder mm. we're looking at you know Yacuzhlu's Yacuzhlu. Yacuzhlu. <laughs> price tags have reportedly 5 million mm. So if we can persuade him to come back, he, you know he reportedly settled well in the black, in the black country in Birmingham. Yeah. He liked the life. Um, he comes straight into this team as well, doesn't he? I mean, he drops, I don't argue with straight in. I think he obviously needs he needs the he needs the conditioning. He needs to get used to the system. So logistically, he doesn't come straight in. But on based on talent, he absolutely comes straight in. And also, he probably you would argue that if any player was going to come into this team that we know of, he's got the best stamina of any West Brom player of uh, of the last squad. Basically, the squad last season, the guy had incredible stamina. So, uh, yeah. if it takes if it takes a player say four weeks or three weeks 
like Adam Reach or whatever, to, to feed into the system and get used to the stamina to get to make starts. I, I don't know. I don't know. Two. I don't know if he had the best stamina or he was just playing in a position that didn't require the highest amount of stamina. And he his quality and where he was playing let him get away with maybe it's a bit of both yeah maybe it's a bit of both because I think he was there were times where he looked like he was blowing out of his ass but still putting out great challenges yeah so I think it's a it's a bit of both and I think he'll be even better under Ishmael Valerian mm. because his ball recovery under Sam Allardyce was incredible the second half of the season his ball recovery was amazing and he transitions the ball well mm. and that's exactly what we need I think all he's doing is I think if he's watching us and I think he is I think he's watching us seeing how we're playing I think. This is such an exciting and dynamic team, right? He'll want to come and play here than sit on the bench for Celta Vigo or not get involved within the, the starting lineup and try and push for that Premier League result. Uh, sorry, yeah, Premier League promotion and, and play on there next season because he's good enough for that. He's a Premier League midfielder, in my opinion. I think he's just holding out for a Premier League move or to go to a club that's top tier in Europe. Um, and obviously, there's not much time left. And it's difficult to say, but where is second choice? Because obviously he wants to play at the highest level. But if it's either sitting on the bench at Celta Vigo, not playing games, or dropping down to the championship and playing in a super exciting and dynamic team... Pushing for promotion. Pushing for promotion with a bunch of players that you know in an area that you know and like. You know, five and a half million, like you say, that's left to the well, prayer you'd expect money. you to choose the latter, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, still a lot to go on. Obviously, oh, we've got Arsenal next up, I think, by the 24th. No, we've got Blackburn on Saturday. Oh, Black- Sorry, I completely forgot that this was a midweek game. Ewood Park, mate. Ewood Park E-wood. on Saturday. Ewood. And then back home for the EFL Cup. Yeah, Van- uh, Venky's home. Week. Is it Venky's still at Blackburn? I think pretty sure. Pretty sure it's still Venky's. Just uh, Ryan Nelson eating chicken in the changing rooms again, mate. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, and then um, Arsenal midweek. Who, you know, if they've got pumped by Chelsea, we could be looking to do a number on them too. Um, hopefully we can get tickets to that. I would mm. like to go see that because I do like going to see Arsenal as well. I just think it's an absolute calamity. Mm. Always makes uh, you feel good it's like, Arsenal. It's when, we, when we're in the Premier League with Arsenal, it was either a calamity mm. or they can cut you open in five passes, mm. and that happened twice to us. I can remember it perfectly because I remember speaking to you before, and you went Arsenal. You know, this is the side that can cut you open in four or five passes, and they did exactly that. Mm. It was one out of the defence, one to midfield, another one. And then just a, like a, a, a Zinger burger out wide. Yeah, full Zinger. Yeah. <laughs> that was when Alexis Sanchez was just balling out, man. Yeah, it was when you, they actually had a, a manager that was veteran and was good in Arsene Wenger before know, AFTV that, ruined his career. I didn't know even that. Like, can you just believe that they were like, Wenger out, oh, we don't want fourth anymore. Yeah. And now they're... Mm. I, I don't think they'll finish top... If they carry on how they are with Arteta, they're not finishing top ten this year. No, they're really not. Their team is poor. They, you know... Lacazette and Aubameyang having arguments with everyone. Mm. Um, they were ill, air, air, air quotes here, um, uh, which I think is absolute rubbish. Well, um, he could be going, is it Barcelona maybe? If they can even afford his wages, because that's ridiculous. Um, for Coutinho, I think. Yeah. I, well, I think that'd be great. Move. I want Coutinho back in the Premier because I want to see Coutinho actually be good again because you you forget how good Coutinho was yeah, at Liverpool. He won't be good at Arsenal sure. though. <laughs> Probably not. But it's still be funny. And also, uh, Barcelona, rest in peace. I hate you. Uh, give us our Louis Barry money. You absolute shithouses. Yeah, give us our half a million pounds or less, yeah. whatever the hell it is. Guys at Ipswich now as well, isn't he? Louis Barry. He's on loan. He's on loan at Ipswich with Raheem Harper and Kyle Edwards, who mm. have made permanent moves there. And they're struggling as well, I think, in League One. Ipswich oh, yeah. at the moment. They lost yeah. to Cheltenham in the Cup. I, remember, mm. I know that one. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Obviously, we'll keep you updated as things go. Follow us on Instagram at TwoBaggersOneLiveBob. Follow us on Twitter at TwoBaggersOneLiveBob. Um, keep forgetting we have a Twitter yeah I know we barely use it is yeah. it 2 bags on or 2B1L I don't know we're, we're there 2 bags on on Instagram 
that's where we are mostly. We're on Instagram mostly. Um, if you got this far, DM us. Uh, shed. DM us Ollie Burke. DM no DM us Shed. Um, <laughs> and then if you want to DM us, it's Ollie Burke here. It's Ollie Burke here. It's Ollie Burke here. I'm back on the bench with David McGoldrick and Billy Sharp playing ahead of me. It's great. I love the bench. It's so soft, warm, Honestly, and welcoming. I, my, my dad's a big Albion fan, yeah, as Dom will know. But he he hasn't he isn't too clued up on uh, the ins and outs of transfers mm-hmm. and how much we pay for who. He just knows that people are playing, and if it's like a relatively is your dad, uh, Don Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I would have committed suicide by now. I'm joking. Um, so he went. Uh, they talk about commentary about Ollie Burke. Oh, Ollie Burke, obviously a former West Brom fan, gets uh, West Brom player gets welcomed back by the locals uh, after his um, welcome back after his failed 15 million pound move from RB Leipzig. And my dad's mouth dropped. He went 15 million quid for him. I went, yep, yep. <laughs> What can lie? He was he was our record uh, signing mate. He for, still is. Uh, was it Dean Garner though? I thought it was Dean Garner. Oh, okay, yeah. No, it might be. Thankfully, it's Dean Garner. Yeah. But, how different was time like last year? Like we're spending like that much on Dean Garner. Well, instalments on Dean Garner. That was a shock when we got Dean Garner. Yeah. And when West Ham were pissed, Mark Noble actively was like, "You guys are fucking up." And then and West Ham almost get, you almost get Champions League. Crazy with Lingard. Jesus H fuck. Uh, but we will uh, we will leave it there. Hopefully, Dean Garland does come into his own. Uh, I think get, he will. I'm confident he will. Um, we move on. Black, Blackburn away on the weekend. Let us know if you go in. If you are, have a great time. Uh, maybe we'll see some of you at the Arsenal game. I mean, if, I don't know if we get Blackburn tickets now. Oh no, I I can't go to the Blackburn game because I'm walking alpacas on Saturday. Jesus, is that I'll a euphemism for something? No, I'm literally <laughs> going to take an alpaca for a walk and then having afternoon tea after. Uh, it's my. It was my birthday present and or Christmas present because I can't remember because it was so long ago because it was delayed by COVID but I'm absolutely excited for it because alpacas are amazing alright mate end this pocket every time we try and end it we're like I'm walking alpacas <laughs> <laughs> if you got this this far message us alpaca it's too many messages mate I don't want to go through fill the DMs slide in Let's alpaca do Ollie Burke and what was the other one Shed, shed. or something like that I saw Shed and I saw, I saw Chef and then I thought Shed Shave. Okay, end this. My name's Shave. <laughs> end this, right? Thank you for <laughs> listening. Come on, you baggies. <laughs>